This flat Earth thing is so shocking and uncomfortable that I can't help but desperately try to come up with some kind of explanation, and I've come up with a kind of pet theory. Even though I will admit it is super unfair and irresponsible as an armchair psychologist who doesn't actually have any degree in psychology to come up with what I think is a unified theory of why someone is the way they are. Getting discomfortable with a flat earther, part two. A couple weeks ago, I posted an interview with a flat earther, which generated a lot of conversation and debate amongst the people I know, and got me thinking a lot about why we believe what we believe. And it's just it, <laughs> the idea that the Earth is flat is just such. An extraordinarily antisocial belief that it makes me and I think everyone else extremely uncomfortable. Part of why I wanted to do the interview was to see what it would be like to hear someone profess such outlandish beliefs and see how I would react emotionally and intellectually. Could I carry on an interview in a respectful way? Could I put my money where my mouth was in terms of? How to deal with people in an uncomfortable conversation? I have to admit that I knew he was a flat earther going into it, so I had a lot of time to kind of psychologically prepare. Okay, AJ, you're not going to agree with anything he says, probably. So it was actually a delight to discover that there were various personal values that we actually did agree on. What I think would be more interesting in the future would be to sit down with someone who has an outlandish belief and not know what that belief is. So that when I'm confronted by it, I'm surprised and taken aback and and flabbergasted. That would be more true to life when you encounter someone who disagrees with you. And in that case, I might not be as well prepared, and that would really be a challenge for me to figure out: Can I actually interact with this person in a respectful, non-aggressive way? I think a few people who listen to the podcast. Were frustrated that I wasn't more challenging towards him, and I can completely understand that. And I think some people felt like it was irresponsible to interview a flat earther at all, and that also makes perfect sense. But to me, it was just a fascinating opportunity to get an insight into a completely different perspective and a completely different thought process. And and it it is frustrating to talk to someone who rejects, as he said, any knowledge that comes from man. So that takes science out completely. Of course, as a non-religious person, I want to say, but the Bible is knowledge that comes from man. But it's extremely difficult to argue when it comes down to faith. And I think we live in a world where most people have a form of faith in a different type of religion. And I think this was a good exercise for me to learn to be tolerant and accepting of that faith, and to know that there's not much that I can say to try to convince them otherwise. And maybe it's not my place to try to convince them otherwise. You know, I, I know some people who are quite religious, and I respect that. And I can see a lot of these people who are very Christian, for example, they have a lot of integrity and they have very strong principles. 
And as you saw in the interview with Josh, the flat earther, there were a lot of these personal values that we both agreed on. We were just coming to them from a very different place. And when I look at those values in the people I know, I'm like, I don't, who am I to shatter their religion and therefore completely undermine their integrity and their values? It's a kind of balance to figure out Is their religious beliefs that I don't agree with putting something negative into the world or putting more of a net positive into the world? And I'm not sure that I'm even equipped to answer that. So I am trying my best to just understand people's religious perspectives, understand their faith, and not try to challenge it, not try to treat that like an argument that I have to win. However... This flat earth thing is so shocking and uncomfortable that I can't help but desperately try to come up with some kind of explanation. And so over the last couple weeks, I've been thinking a lot about what I think could have led to Josh's flat earth beliefs. And I've come up with a kind of pet theory. Now, first of all, I want to say that this pet theory reveals more about me than it could possibly reveal about Josh, who is not someone that I know very well. So what this pet theory really is, is proof of how uncomfortable his beliefs make me feel, such that I feel I have to come up with some kind of story to tell myself this is why he believes what he believes. And as Brene Brown points out, Our brain is wired for story. We literally get a reward when we come up with a story because our brain feels like we've come up with a strategy that's going to help us survive. So that's what I've done here. I've created a story. Is it an accurate story? We will never know. But I think it's interesting enough as a thought experiment that I'm going to share it. Even though, I will admit, it is super unfair and irresponsible as an armchair psychologist who doesn't actually have any degree in psychology to come up with what I think is a, is a unified theory of why someone is the way they are. Anyone who knows me or has dated me will be familiar with my armchair psychological analysis. And they will be very justified in being super annoyed every time I do that because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I am not a trained doctor or psychologist or even a philosopher. These are completely just my pet theories. So take them with the biggest grain of salt imaginable. That being said, I'm going to share my thoughts about Josh's psychological build-up to flat-eartherism because I think it provides an interesting theory. It, it's If you think of my theory as just sort of like a hypothetical, like this is maybe one way in which one might fall into flat eartherism. It's not a definitive truth about Josh or anyone else. It's just a a, a thought experiment. So the first most obvious place to start is that by Josh's own admission, he has been Christian since birth. In my mind, that is an example of the cult of childhood or the cult of family, in that he was indoctrinated as a child into a very specific belief system. And that belief system, in my mind, is responsible at that early age for setting up your sense of meaning, 
your sense of purpose, and your sense of personal value in the world. So at an extraordinarily impressionable and young age, Josh was taught that there is meaning to life that comes from God, and that your purpose in life is following God, and that your personal value is attributed to the fact that God created you, and that he values you, and that he created all people equal. So this sets up Josh's whole identity, and from a very young age, his ego is completely wrapped up in these precepts being true in order for him to feel that he has value and meaning in the world. And he readily admits that his flat-earth belief is completely founded on these religious beliefs. Another important factor underlying Josh's flat-earth belief and he readily admitted this as well, is that he has a strong propensity towards conspiracy theory, or as he likes to call it, being a contrarian. Basically, he has a deep distrust of society that predates even his flat-eartherism. I wish I had have probed him further about where this contrarian nature comes from. Was his family extremely contrarian as well? Therefore, was he indoctrinated into that? Or was it something that he chose freely as an adult. Given, as Josh said in the interview, that his brother shares the same beliefs as he does, including believing in a flat earth, I think you could make an argument that Josh's contrarian nature is something that Josh and his brother may both have developed from their family life. So it it may also have been an indoctrination. The fact is, I don't really know. But it's clear to me that if you take Christianity, an indoctrinated Christianity from a very young age, and you add on to it an intense sense of conspiracy theory, that creates a a perfect breeding ground for an antisocial conspiracy theory type belief like the flat earth or creationism, you know, evolution being a big lie would make perfect sense when you are indoctrinated in both Christianity and conspiracy. But I think it's fascinating that Josh's parents are not flat earthers. So how did he come upon that specific belief? Well, here's one possible explanation. Josh admitted in the interview that he went through a phase where he he didn't lose his faith, but he kind of went on the wrong track, he said. He got into partying and he was more interested in like girls and money and stuff like that. And in my mind, that is probably connected to a crisis of faith. Josh is a young man. He's in his mid-20s. So it, it, it's possible that he grew up with this indoctrinated belief that the world was a certain Christian way. But then he started to notice all of these things in society that didn't really fit with that belief. I'm sure, especially growing up in South Africa, where there is such incredible poverty, you could start to question, well, is God perfect? Is, is God in control? Is, is God just? Like, what is going on here? So as his belief in Christianity was undermined by a culture in the world that didn't see much proof or use for religion, that also undermined his sense of meaning, purpose, and personal value. And anytime your sense of meaning and purpose is undermined, it can lead to a a really profound depression or hopelessness or even nihilism. And perhaps even worse, when your sense of personal value is undermined, it inevitably leads to shame. So this period of partying and hedonism 
could be a, a, a way to deal with the discomfort of that spiritual crisis. It could be a kind of um, distraction. Hedonism as a way to avoid confronting a world that felt inconsistent with his deepest beliefs. And then something must have happened that caused him to reach a breaking point in this crisis of faith, where he either needed to find a new belief system or he needed to go back and double down on his own belief system. I don't know what this turning point would have been. I didn't ask. Perhaps it was the moment he discovered the flat earth theory. Or perhaps it was something more profound. It may have been something dramatic or scary, like a death. Or it could have been something extremely shameful, like a big personal error. In the interview, Josh describes how his belief in God and God's love of him is an incredible source of power. It's, it's an anti-shame. And I would imagine that if he was going through a spiritual crisis and going down this path of hedonism and partying, that he might have been distancing himself from the incredible, powerful anti-shame that he felt by being one of God's dedicated, chosen followers. And the discomfort of that shame alone may, in fact, have been enough to push him back and make him try to find a way to reconnect with his religious beliefs in order to reconnect with that anti-shame. So I think Josh went a little bit astray, got a little bit disillusioned with his, his religious beliefs, but because that created so much discomfort, undermining his meaning and purpose and sense of personal value, he came to a crisis point where something happened that pushed him back to his original beliefs in order to try to recreate that sense of meaning, purpose, personal value, and anti-shame that he felt as a child. However, he needed more ammunition. He needed some new bit of ideology in order to reinforce his beliefs so that he wouldn't just fall right back into that crisis of faith again. And what he found to reinforce his beliefs was the flat earth theory. If you think about it, the flat earth theory provided Josh with everything that he needed to protect his beliefs and therefore protect his sense of meaning, purpose, and personal value. It was a way to justify and fortify his Christian beliefs to protect against that incursion of doubt that led him astray in the first place. The flat earth theory provided a perfect explanation for why society appeared to be so dysfunctional despite God being perfect. It explained away all of the scientific evidence that God doesn't exist. And it took what I think is one of his worst fears. And that's the idea that we are just a speck of dust floating through meaningless space. The flat earth theory took that fear and turned it into a massive conspiracy that was thrust upon him beyond his control. So that was no longer a, a doubt or a fear. It was something that had been manufactured from the outside and put upon him. So the flat earth theory perfectly explained away all of those doubts and fears and therefore protected and reinforced his sense of meaning and purpose in a very meaningful way. And perhaps even more importantly, it gave him back that sense of personal value and specialness that protected him from shame. So the flat earth theory, in a strange way, 
protected Josh's entire identity, his ego and his psychological well-being, his happiness and his motivation. Believing in a flat earth would make him feel very special, especially if it were true. It would make him one of the very few golden boys in the world who really saw the truth of what God was dealing with. A massive conspiracy involving the Illuminati, involving Satan, involving evil forces, all of which were conspiring to convince hapless humans that their life didn't have meaning, just like they were almost able to do to Josh himself when he went through his hedonistic partying phase. So while I think it's very true that Josh has put a lot more thought into the science and justification behind what shape the earth is or isn't, I would challenge him to think about all the ways that the flat earth theory is actually very self-serving and a protective shield that fortifies his indoctrinated sense of identity from shame, from a crisis of faith, and from meaninglessness. You can hear Josh light up in the interview when he talks about how great it feels to feel that love and that protection from God. And I see this whole flat earth theory as a way for him to maintain that feeling. But at what cost? It comes at a great social cost. It comes at a great cost to logic. It comes at a great cost to trust. It comes at a great cost to science. And like I said before, it's not really my place to destroy someone's sense of meaning in life. Like, what an awful thing to do. And the only reason that I bring this up is because I think that there are other simpler, safer ways to come at a sense of meaning, purpose, and value that don't require the negative costs of being a flat earther. In the last few years, I have managed to begin creating my own sense of meaning, purpose, and personal value based on nothing more than an internal sense of worthiness, one that doesn't require a god or a rejection of society and science or an elaborate global conspiracy. I think the meaning purpose, and personal value that we all seek, those basic human needs, are available to all of us in the most direct and simple way possible when you learn to find them inside of yourself and not externally in any other person or religion or hierarchy or deity. And really when it comes down to it, I think what it is is a shift from looking for quote-unquote objective truths about the universe or about the world and being satisfied with your own personal subjective truths. With that in mind, I actually see the possibility that I am just a meaningless speck of dust floating through a pointless and chaotic universe. I actually see that as a natural miracle in and of itself. And I don't think that that meaninglessness in any way precludes me from finding my own subjective meaning, purpose, and personal value within myself. So there you have it, my completely inexpert and admittedly kind of irresponsible psychological profile of how one might become a flat earther. You take an indoctrination into something like Christianity 
And then when the world doesn't quite match up to what you were indoctrinated into, you have a crisis of faith in which you try to distract yourself with some hedonism. But then you reach a crisis point where you either need to find a new ideology or double down on your old one. But if you're going to double down, you need some reinforcements. And in this case, with the bent towards conspiracy already in the mix, Josh chose the flat earth as a way to protect the meaning, purpose, and personal value and powerful anti-shame that he was able to receive from his indoctrinated belief in Christianity. That's my take anyway. And all, as I said at the beginning, all that really shows is my intense effort to explain something that I find so uncomfortable such that I can say, okay, it makes sense now. It makes sense, therefore, the world is less scary, less confusing, less surprising. And that, it seems, will help me survive. Getting Discomfortable with Miscellaneous Given that this episode is sort of a meta episode anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about how I actually record the podcast. I feel a sort of (laughs) urge to come clean about the fact that though I no longer write the podcast, I basically just sit in front of the microphone and start talking about whatever happens to be on my mind. That doesn't mean that the podcast is live. What you don't know is that behind the scenes, I do a lot of editing. Or maybe you did know, maybe you can tell, but I try to make it sound as seamless as possible. But what you're not hearing are a ton of ums and ahs, a ton of long pauses, and lots of redos. I'll say something, I'll screw it up, and then I'll just go back and say it again. And in the editing process, I match it all together and make it sound like this sort of seamless, surprisingly eloquent, off-the-cuff lecture. To give you a sense of what I'm talking about, I went spelunking in some of my old recordings and found some of the outtakes. And I think it's only fair that you actually hear some of the things that I have been hiding from you. So here is that. I think what it really means I think what people isn't necessarily about God. I think what people are really, I think when people, I think what, I think what it really, I think the, I think the notion of connecting with God is really the notion of connecting with everyone. Also, I wanted you to know that if you're listening to this, I would love to hear from you. Feel free at any time to reach out with comments, criticisms, observations, questions, or topic ideas. I'm always really interested to hear what you want to hear about, and I may not have anything smart to say on that subject, but I find that if I put a question in the back of my mind and just sort of let it marinate subconsciously I will start to accrue at least some kind of insight that works for me. So if there's an issue that you've been kind of wrestling with or thinking about or an insight that you've had recently, I would love to hear about that and maybe that will lead to an interesting episode idea. 
I'd also love to hear any feedback you have, ways to improve the episodes. Whether you like the interview formats or you like the monologuing that I do, you know, any, any kind of feedback would be super useful for me to try to improve the podcast. You can email me at aj at discomfortable.net or if you go to discomfortable.net, you can, there's a contact form that you can use to get in touch with me. You can also follow me on Twitter. Just search Discomfortable on Twitter and you can tweet at me if you want. And who knows, maybe at some point it would make sense to make like a Facebook group or, I don't know, some kind of community platform where we could all actually interact more directly and easily. That would really be the dream for me because as I've been working on this podcast and reflecting on all the different types of things that I've been putting out into the world over the years, you know, I I used to be a filmmaker and I've been interested in art And when I was a filmmaker, I would always put things out into the world. Again, this is back when I was like super shamey. I would put things out into the world with the expectation that an audience would consume it in a one-way kind of format. I give something to you that is hopefully, quote-unquote, brilliant, and you just take it in. But now I realize that that is a hierarchy. That is, that is shame trying to make me feel better than the people that are consuming the art that I am doing. And I don't want that anymore. I want to have a reciprocal relationship where if I put something out into the world and I give it to you and you like it, that you put something back to me. That it's not about me being your guru. It's about us being a kind of community where we can talk and learn from each other. Because I don't believe in hierarchy anymore. I don't, I don't think it's a, a real thing. It's just a mechanism for dealing with shame to try to create value or a sense of value. And I am now so much more interested in connection, equality, and community. So I am trying to find ways to give back, to reciprocate, to create real relationships that go in both directions. So if you are interested in engaging with me in that way, I am welcoming that with open arms. And I haven't completely figured out how to create that or how to engender that, but I'm working on it. 